This is Do School Better, a podcast for people who want to transform education. My name is Doris Corda, and for the past several years, I've been training educators. Listen to these episodes and hear about some of the extraordinary programs they've created. We call these pioneers the fire starters. See if you can get some ideas that you can implement yourself to change your own practice. In this episode, Doris and Allison discuss the journey that led to a recent workshop with educators in Slovenia. Also featured in this episode are excerpts from some of the entrepreneurial educators and students who came to the workshop. If you like the podcast, share it with your network so that we can all do school better. Hey, Doris. Hey, Allison. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, I'm feeling really good coming off of this workshop in Slovenia. We uh, had 27 educators from 13 schools across the country who came to Ljubljana, which is their capital city, to learn some of these methods and take this work back to their schools. It was pretty inspiring. It was really inspiring. Why don't you take us back and uh, share with our listeners the journey that led us here? Yeah, I would love to. It's it's really interesting because it all comes together as a little snapshot of what we're seeing happening around the world, but it's a lovely story. So uh, several years ago, uh, I got an email from Janez Gorenc, an English teacher, high school English teacher in Slovenia, in a city, Novo Mesto. And he had done research. He was looking. Now, this was years ago, and entrepreneurship education, which seems uh, almost mainstream now, a few years ago, it was really rare to come across anybody talking about entrepreneurship education in K-12. This whole thing has really happened very quickly. So when Jan, I got this email from a high school English teacher in Slovenia, who had done research and found Steve Blank's blogs about what I was doing and the entrepreneurship class I was teaching at Hawkins School. You know, we set up a call. He wanted to talk to me. And that's when we met over Skype several years ago. And I was immediately struck by his well, you know Giannis, he's an extraordinary guy. Absolutely. He's an absolutely <laughs> uh, he's a passionate, compassionate, incredibly kid-centered educator who really wants to change the world in Slovenia for, for kids. And I immediately saw that. And he had been doing research on his own about how he could bring something into his teaching that would help students develop skills. He, he felt like our education system wasn't equipping students to succeed once they got out of school. And he came across this whole idea of entrepreneurship education and became really passionate about bringing it to Slovenia, starting with his own, his own experimentation and practice. So we started talking years ago and sharing and doing what people do when they're experimenting with something new. And he actually came over to Cleveland. He came to one of our workshops and has been for the last few years bringing entrepreneurship education into 
Slovenia in every way he can. He with uh, he um, I believe I mean he has a he has a podcast earlier in our season. So I'm not going to try to go through all of this because I'm afraid I might get it wrong. And I think anybody listening after you hear this episode, if you haven't listened to Yanez's earlier episode, you should to hear his journey. But he started a startup weekend for teachers in Slovenia. He actually took on being an entrepreneur himself to experience it. He started a club at his school because it was really not accepted yet to have any kind of entrepreneurship class as an academic course. So he started a club. And that's really hard work because uh, you're trying to get students to volunteer to do something that, as he told me many times, when they show up for this this after-school club and they start getting into it and they realize that it's really hard work, uh, you know, he loses a bunch of them. But the, the ones who stay and stick it out, he's had extraordinary success with. He's brought teams to the U.S. To, who have qualified for and competed in international entrepreneurship competitions. He's experimented with using real problems and these teaching methodologies in his English classes. And he's started a community and a movement within Slovenia along with some others, and we met them, who are banding together to bring a very different kind of learning and teaching model into Slovenian K-12 education. So Boris Kunalo, who sponsored us and hosted us, who runs Spirit, which is an agency that puts on, I think we heard, 30 different workshops for students and teachers a year. That's right. Um, an extraordinarily passionate man who is banding together with others to to really change education in Slovenia. Uh, we met with, with Maya uh, Krucic, who heads entrepreneurship in education in the Ministry of Education, totally passionate about bringing entrepreneurship into Slovenian education. And she she's working with her counterparts in several countries, right? That's right. She mentioned Portugal, Luxembourg, and Austria, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so these people are together, along with several others we met, actively working to create programs for teachers and for students where teachers and students experience the entrepreneurial process, sometimes in an academic setting, sometimes in a separate program, but always connected to the learning, to the skills to the process, you know, they're facing the challenges that, you know, everyone who's doing this and trying to do this is facing or, or tends to, which is um, the word entrepreneurship has a lot of negative baggage associated with it, as, as we know. And right. pe- people hear entrepreneurship and they think, ah, it's about business and money making and profit. And actually, entrepreneurship education really isn't about 
business or money making at all. It's about skill building and problem solving and turning problems into successful solutions. And, you know, one of the things I, I found really interesting when we were in Slovenia was to hear people talking about the bumps and bruises and obstacles and hardships they've had along the way because of the misperception amongst academic circles about what this movement's even about. Absolutely. I think that's an, an interesting point you're bringing up as well, because I think a lot of these countries are, are looking to, you know, enter into the global economy in, in the same way that our own country is talking about, you know, being competitive and having the next generation really prepared to go out into the workforce and add value and solve the problems that we're facing. And so they're having these conversations at these wider levels, but once it's actually then being positioned inside the school or needing to be adopted by school leadership or the teachers, they're facing very similar challenges. Yeah. And, and actually I experienced this, um, you know, I've experienced this with others that we've worked with for years, uh, others at other schools and public school districts in other countries. But I also experienced this very personally at Hawken because even my own faculty interpreted entrepreneurship to mean marketing. I heard that many times. All right, why are we teaching? Why do we have a marketing class? And that's incredibly, if, you, if you've ever been inside a school and you understand the way academics work and the way departments work and the politics of academics, and this stuff is politically really, really tough stuff. And I experienced it in my own little world in my school. Uh, and I was the associate head of school, so I, I also had an advantage in a big way politically and it still was tough. Now, as people saw what the class actually was, and more important, as they saw the students come out of the class and rock it in their traditional classes, and really teachers choose to teach because they're all about kids. And as the teachers saw the kids come out, they realized this isn't a marketing class. This is something very different. And they really, it, everything changed. But the reason I'm going on and on about this is that we just came from Slovenia and we met with the people who are bravely, courageously, and with an incredible amount of energy and resilience and stubbornness, actually, bringing a very different model of education into Slovenia. They believe in it. They're working it in, in every way possible with students, with teachers, with administrators. They're putting on the programs. And there remains in most of Slovenian teachers and probably most of Slovenian citizens this visceral reaction to the idea of entrepreneurship education that is not helpful. It makes it really hard. And what was also encouraging is that from the wider perspective of the types of teachers that were there, you know, art teachers, math teachers, language teachers, history teachers, again, 
kind of opening up seeing the value of entrepreneurial education, again, as a vehicle, not as a tool to teach business, but as a vehicle for building these competencies and skills in students that they feel is really important for the trajectory of their country. Yeah, and I, I, I agreed. And, and that's what we're seeing, right? We're seeing that, and, and this is what's so exciting to me, and the reason the time for what we're doing is, is really appropriate. We're seeing that first grade teachers are coming to this. High school math teachers are coming. There were a couple people there who are teaching entrepreneurship, but out of 27, maybe two. And the rest were all uh, psychology, yeah, science, across the board, really. Yeah. And so whether you call it uh, project-based learning, you know, PBL, or you call it entrepreneurial education or whatever you call it, what they understand pretty quickly on the first day, and we see this consistently in all these workshops, pretty much by the first morning break, everybody in the room understands, oh, this isn't about entrepreneurship. This isn't just, you know, PBL. This is about doing school completely differently. And what I loved about this workshop, unlike some of our others, you know, in our others, when we can, um, I make sure that we have a sense of who's coming and what they, why they're coming, you know, before the workshop. And because for me personally, there's, I only want to do these. Uh, they're pretty intense. They're really immersive. And the goal is to get people doing school differently. So having somebody come who just wants to be a spectator and clap at the end and say, oh, that was cool, it was a great workshop, thank you, isn't really interesting to me. So in this case, we didn't know who was coming before we showed up for this workshop. Just the way it worked, Spirit offers these workshops, anybody can sign up for them, and they didn't know much about what they were coming to, I would say. Would you agree with that? Yes. I believe that there was some description around a methodology, entrepreneurship education, this, that, and the other. But generally speaking, they were not coming in with as specific goals as we've seen some of the other educators we've trained. Exactly. Yeah. And you're right. They knew it was for K-12 teachers and they were going to learn a methodology of teaching. and Right. So Almost immediately, I did, uh, you know, I'm obnoxious, and I immediately sucked them in and made sure everybody in the room over the course of the first day was identifying where in their practice, in their program, they were going to do a pilot. And you mentioned the psychology teacher. I I thought she was extraordinary. She was really struggling the first day trying to think about where and how she might implement this in her class. She teaches, I think, five classes of psychology. Everybody's required to take it. It's, she teaches 16-year-olds in a very small town. She said it has a population of about 1,000. And she was one of the last ones in the room to figure out where she would pilot and you could see her, you know, her forehead scrunched as she was concentrating and trying to figure it out. And then we had a session and she 
came up with, uh, she knew what she was going to do. And she was going to get a first responder, uh, who's the only first responder <laughs> in her village. You know, the guy who I guess shows up if you call the Slovenian equivalent of 911. And he was going to talk to the students about the kind of stress that he has associated with his job and talk about himself. And then the students, she was going to put them on teams and have each of them come up with a plan for him to manage his stress. And they were then going to present it. They're going to present it two weeks later. And in the course of that two weeks, she's going to be able to guide the learning with her questions so that the learning objectives she has for them, which are many, um, some of them content-based, having to do with psychology, some of them other, she's going to make sure that they learn what they need to learn about psychology in order to come up with a, a really solid, you know, science-based solution. And that was a good example. But so here we are, we're in Slovenia, and we have 27 teachers show up to this workshop. And by the end of this workshop, everybody in the room was not only committed to trying something completely and totally different in, in their teaching, like a crazily, radically different method, but had a really well-defined and detailed idea of what that pilot was going to look like, where in which class they were going to do it and when, and what they were going to do next. And we're now going to have these pilots over the sprinkled out over the next several months, as you put it, in 13 different schools in Slovenia. That is going to do more to educate Slovenian teachers and citizens about what this kind of student-centered learning looks like than, than anything else we could do. Absolutely. And I think it'd be great if we uh, share now some of the feedback and reflections from some of those teachers from uh, the workshop itself. Wonderful. Yeah, so we're going to hear from Andrea, Ismina, and Matis, as well as Maya, all of whom are educators and one administrator. I think it's a very great experience for us. I come in here to see the Corda methods, because last five years each, each year, we make entrepreneur projects. We also involve this method in uh, some subjects because we are not making uh, entrepreneur. We learn children how to how to live in real life. <laughs> yes, live in in the future. Uh, I think this is very important. I'm Esmina. I work uh, five years. Uh, this kind of project. We are doing something which students uh, identified with our schools and will do solving problems, creative. I don't know what will be the result, but uh, the process is uh, important. Hi, I'm Matiz. And uh, yeah, basically I, why I'm here is because I, I like to teach uh, 
in a new way, in a new direction, because 21 centuries uh, is, uh, brings us uh, a lot of new technologies, uh, a lot of new problems, and the students have to learn how to, to see problems and then how to solve them. And that's basically what this uh, Doris is doing. So I was really grateful that I could hear her ideas. And I would really like to connect uh, students with uh, companies, the real problem, real solution, and real experience. So, and also it's good because they, they see that they can do it. They can do it and they will do it because the real life will hit them hard in a few years. And, and these skills that we're doing is that really matters. They got the real experience through skills that are useful and that is what they will bring to community, to the city of Ljubljana. I went to other workshops, but uh, these two days really were something different. Not only because of the, this practical work, which was really intense, but also because it really opened my mind and uh, I really got this pilot uh, for a project in school. So, as a teacher, I see kids and actually they're not doing anything meaningful. And it really, I was really thinking of it. I'm thinking of it every day because I'm saying, look, what are you doing? No, we're just here waiting. And the problem that kids would be the one that would really um, solve the problem properly because that's the real problem. I, I was thinking uh, the, those kids should uh, involve, uh, we should involve some parents, some uh, local environment. I hope, I mean, I think they will solve the problem in sort of way. And I really hope that we will um, make it real in our school and uh, that it will be something, that it will be a part of our curriculum or whatever so but for the kids i really hope that they that they will um make this personal experience which will um change them in i mean like self esteem and stuff like that so uh, this is my goal <laughs> let's hear from some students as well we have larson and rebecca who are going to share more about their experiences in slovenia when you say the word entrepreneurship everybody gets scared. So the first thing, entrepreneurship is not something scary. It's a very good thing. It's you basically learn teamwork and how to make an idea work or from come from an idea to a real product. They shouldn't promote it as entrepreneurship in school. I mean, they should promote it as teamwork or something like that. I mean, I think they promote more, they promote being individual. Like making something alone, but they sh should be promoting teamwork, and that's a huge thing that the school system in Slovenia is lacking right now. Everywhere you go, you end up in a team. I mean, even teachers need to collaborate with each other. Like, be a teacher, you won't do things alone. Everything. I mean, you're not on an isolated island. I mean, <laughs> communicate, step outside your comfort zone, and get to know other people team up with them, make something right. I learned that I can do things by myself and that I'm not just one of many others who just repeat after everyone else and do what teacher tell them. But I can make ideas on my own and I can um, 
do some projects, sell them, learn things, and really accomplish things that I would never even dream of. <laughs> I think that's better because if you do something because you want to do it, you will do it with your heart and with your inner motivation and you will do it much better and learn much more. It makes you feel that you can do something, that you're powerful to do anything you want and uh, yeah, <laughs> I learned that and I want others to learn that too. And finally, let's hear from Yanis, the fire starter who brought us here. Okay, so my name is Yanis from Slovenia. Uh, from actually from a small town Novo Mesto where I teach English and I try entrepreneurship at a high school. I've been teaching English for like, this is the 22nd year and entrepreneurship for about seven straight years. And well, I started off in my first school and I started without any structure. I just thought I knew everything that I found out. I didn't know everything. I actually knew nothing. I started learning all these different methods that I tried to implement, some of them worked, some of them didn't. And until I read in Steve Blank's blog about the quarter method, actually Hawking was doing, I then was kindly invited to come to Cleveland, to the workshop. I went there, changed my view of everything, actually. So uh, I tried to implement it in after-school classes. It worked wonderfully, but not as I would have liked. So also tried to implement it in my English classes, some some classes it worked wonderfully, other classes not so much. So when I I'm one of the probably one of the few privileged few people who had the opportunity to to be at two workshops, two quarter method workshops, and this one actually has opened up completely new perspectives again. Even though I saw some, I heard some things for the second time. It's better to hear them twice than never. But also it gave me more structure, more details, more you know the minute details that you will need when you want to do a teamwork and not that I didn't have structure before but somehow it all got watered down like they didn't know what to do what the first step was and what the second step was and necessarily I would have to go there and say okay you have to do this and this and this and it would require sometimes too much study too overwhelming and they just didn't do it the way I would have liked so this new approach I'm hoping I can overcome some of that and then maybe the third workshop, who knows, <laughs> I'll learn some other stuff. Yeah, constant learning. So yeah, besides working in my school, I've also worked with projects outside my school. I've worked with primary school kids, with many different teachers, great, great teachers. Uh, I must say I'm honored to be part of a team that has also done some workshops, startup weekend workshops for teachers that have... Uh, in a way, transformed also their experience, their, their 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 teaching methods in a way. Also, one of the administrators of an informal group, it's called, in English, would be Edupreneurs. It's a, it's a group for teachers who are just being, trying to be entrepreneurial in the educational system. Why is it important? Well, why I entered into this, why I started doing entrepreneurship, because I wanted to, Slovenians to become more entrepreneurial, to have more great businesses, and that is all great. But in the process of learning, in the process of trying to, you know, come up with new methods, I found out also what Doris Cordo also says very often, that entrepreneurship is also a great vehicle to teach other stuff. So you either, on the one hand, you bring up kids, you train kids to be more entrepreneurial, but at the same time, they will learn stuff through the challenges, authentic challenges, things that really matter to them. So, you know, all of this didn't come at once to me. 
I had to do it step by step and said, oh, look, this is where it works, but it also works over here. So in Slovenia right now, uh, we are, we might be in sort of a transformation period. Uh, the Ministry of Education also is getting into this big time, big, big time. And they're hoping, and I'm wildly excited about this, they're hoping to, in a way, bring this entrepreneurial mindset, entrepreneurial classes, in a way. They don't yet know how, I think, but they would like to bring it into all schools, from primary schools, secondary schools, universities even, uh, which is a great, great opportunity to basically transform schooling, transform education on a national level. We can do this. We're a small nation, not too different, you know, quite egalitarian. Uh, so it can be done. I believe it can be done. And I hope I'll be part in still in the future. It's the 13 schools that were here. So as I said, many of the teachers that I've worked with, many teachers that have been to startup weekends and gone back to their schools, done some things, uh, I believe many of the t these teachers perhaps lacked structure, maybe. So now what, what they've started here is a pilot project that they would like to do at their schools. And this pilot project actually has the backing of an institution that is formal, that is wow, from the United States, which is a big thing, really. And uh, and this, I hope, I'm hoping, will it be the, the start? Well, I never, I don't know what the future holds for us, but I'm hoping that it will be, yes. 13 here, and then 23, and then 230, and slowly it might spread, not to all schools probably, but it will spread to those to whom this matters, and that is what is important. People who would like to do this, and I'm sure there are plenty, plenty out there, will know what to do, who to turn to, and, and uh, that, that it can be done in a different way. If you want to hear more podcasts like this or learn about the Corda Method, visit our website at wildfire-education.org.